0: The climbing stick has finally gone metal free. Our goal for the Carbon SS climbing sticks was to make them as light as possible without sacrificing durability. And we wanted to make them stack flush so they're compact for saddle hunters and tree stand hunters. The new aerospace carbon fiber technology allowed us to achieve ultra light weight specs and removed all moving parts and hardware for improved durability. The sticks also feature our patent-pending metal-free attachment method that makes setup easier, faster, and quieter. The Carbon SS Climbing Sticks are made right here in the USA and come with a 5-year manufacturer's warranty. For more information, visit LatitudeOutdoors.com. The mobile hunter is obsessed with exploring unfamiliar places, and this is what our gear is designed to do. At Latitude Outdoors, we build mobile hunting equipment for hunters who like to move often and move fast. Whether you're an experienced whitetail hunter or new to the game, if you want to be mobile, we have options that are worth considering. Our saddles, climbing sticks, and platforms are made right here in the USA and are available at LatitudeOutdoors.com. Thanks for checking out the gear and good luck this season.
1: Welcome to the Life Outdoors podcast. Our mission is to educate, entertain, and motivate. We speak life into and through the outdoors. Now join your hosts, Nate Bailey and Gage Bailey, as we navigate through the mountains of this life. Hey guys, Nate Bailey here with the Life Outdoors and Barebow Hunters, and uh, I'm taking a little break. Uh, I've been out, this is uh, late blacktail season here in Oregon, and I've been hunting them on the ground here there's a lot of mushrooms coming up and popping up and so there's a lot of deer around feeding and uh i'm actually probably being too loud right now for the section but i'm i'm at this intersection of trails and i ate lunch and i thought it'd be a great time to maybe talk about something that uh i read on facebook uh one of the facebook groups uh traditional bow hunter on facebook and or traditional bow hunting group on facebook and uh on there, there was a gentleman asking about uh, whether or not it was uh, that God didn't, w- whether he would be able to hunt on Sunday or not. Um, he was asking, and he's asking for uh, pastors and preachers, is what, I think is what he called them, to come on and, and, and address it for him because he was having a really hard time with it. Today's Sunday. I'm out here hunting, so you probably know what my idea is on it. But I think there's a deeper question here that we need to talk about. And I I really, when I see posts like this, and I see it all the time, I see it about a bunch of different things. Um, Whether God's going to, will God, you know, judge me for this or will God judge me for that? Um, I think we're missing a deeper thing. And I think we're missing a lot of what Christ has actually done on the cross. Um, so I'm just going to address it just, just real quick here, because I think this might help you. And I think it might help other people that are in the same boat thinking, you know, um, is God going to judge me for, uh, wanting a big pickup or is God going to judge me if I shoot a compound bow? No, I'm just kidding. Um, he doesn't care whether you shoot a compound bow or not. Just, we do just us weirdos talk about stuff like that, but, um, or is God going to judge me over having a nice house? Or is God going to judge me if I'm ambitious? Is God going to judge me if I'm this or that? Or you know? And I think when we start looking at that um, that realm and we're starting to think on those terms, we're thinking outside of spiritual thought. Uh, we're we're actually separating things just like they did uh, in the old days. There was a a philosopher. His name was Immanuel Kant, and he he believed that there's so much um, the spiritual realms are so much above our knowledge that that actually separates us from the spiritual realm. And he puts it kind of like it's way up there somewhere where we can't understand, and you know everything that we can't understand is down here to earth. And that really did that philosophy really messed up a lot of things because people, you know, glommed onto that and they really started thinking, well, there's really nothing we really can know about God or spiritual things or, you know, um, even, even the natural is just being natural. It's just molecules. And this is just, there's nothing spiritual going on outside of, uh, matter. And, so when we start thinking on these terms of whether God wants us to do this or wants us to do that, or he's going to judge me for this, but he won't judge me for that, and I'm going to make him happy with this, and I'm not going to make him happy with that. What we've done is we've separated the spiritual and the material, and we've we've separated uh, what humans really are. And quite honestly, we're so interwoven between our material, spiritual, moral, um, intellectual all of that is so interwoven that we can't really separate this stuff. And um, I think the Western society has done a really good job of of separating that. And Western society, meaning, you know, the um, thought of, of Aristotelian thought and, and all these ideas that came through Western culture, I think we have actually pulled away a lot of what um, – we should probably look back towards the Eastern type of thought um, to understand a little bit more about who Christ is and how we interweave with him. Um, There's a lot more deep, deep magic in the world around us and in in who we are than we would like to give credit to. Um, We tend to make things really simple that aren't that simple, yet they're profoundly simple. And I, I know that's a play on words, but what I'm saying is, is we often, as human beings, want to compartmentalize everything, and the reality is it's not compartmentalized. Um, hunters know that for sure, and that's why I'm a big proponent of hunting, and that's why at the Life Outdoors we try to break people into hunting, because we, we know that they'll be immersed into something that is completely different than what can be taught through like a video or a book, or a, um, a, you know, an instruction manual, and we know that, and humanity's the same way, and we know by hunting, you're going to be immersed into this great big scheme of things. Um, it's it's something that is really beyond anything that could be explained in um, human terms. If we categorized every type of hunt, um, I, I listened to a podcast talking about elk hunting, and the guys were talking about elk are saying this when they're doing this. And and quite honestly, that's not true. No elk and the circumstances and the Collins, everything in that one circumstance is of itself within that circumstance. So what I'm saying is, is there, there's something that is beyond our comprehension. Um, we just have to roll with it. And that's the same thing with olive hunting. Um, we are really giving in to the Lord when we're elk hunting, when we're deer hunting. We're we're actually having to adjust our own thought and our own actions to whatever the Lord is doing at that time for us to be successful. We can't force this stuff. And that's what I like about hunting. That's what I like about heating your house with wood. That's what I like about all of the things that you do, um, maybe making your own food, pickling, all this stuff is you're using what the Lord has already done and you are just following along with it rather than pushing yourself into it. Now, I realize the Lord has given us a lot of um, ingenuity and things like that, but it's all about the heart. How do we um, look at what we do in life? Do we look at it as something that the Lord has given us and we've, we're have we just going along with? Or do we look at it as something that we control? And when we, coming back to the original when we start asking the questions about does God like it, whether or not we hunt on Sundays, um, that's coming back to that same mindset of trying to control how our relationship with God is. And um, now, honestly, some people are probably worried a little bit about it uh, whether or not they're, you know, pleasing God or not or whatever. But um, what I'm saying is, is, we've compartmentalized our lives so much that we're putting God way up here. And then we're down here when in reality, God is like, worship me through everything. Do you not know who you are? Do you not know what happened on the cross? Do you not know what happened when I shed my blood on the cross to bring you into who I am? And so what he did is he through, through Jesus, through the blood of the cross, he brought us into his, um, his own family, as if we're a part of him now, as if we're doing what he does. And if it's under that pretense that you're saying, well, should I go hunting or not? That's a good place to be. But if it's under the other pretense of the law of going, uh, is this going to make God mad? Is this going to keep me out of um, uh, heaven or, or if, if I do these things? The That's a, that's a, a whole other um, idea. You're, you're still thinking under the law. You're still thinking outside of what Christ did on the cross. Let me read something to you in Galatians, because I think this will help a lot. Um, and it's in Galatians 4. I'm going to turn there. I, I only have it on my phone. I I didn't bring my other Bible in, in my bag when I swapped bags over. Um, Galatians 4. And all the rest of Galatians leading up to Galatians 4, Paul's telling the Galatians, he's saying, hey, look, I told you about a gospel and you guys have made it about law. And And what happened is a bunch of what they call Judaizers were coming into the church of Galatia and they're saying, hey, look, yeah, Christ came. he did, He died for our sins, but he's Jewish and you need to follow the Jewish law along with it. And Paul is, he wrote the Galatians. He said, that is not the gospel. And, and to the point of where the the, the the Jews were coming in and telling even the Greeks that you have to get circumcised if you're going to follow Christ, you got to do these things or else God's not going to love you. Okay. See how this all ties together. And um, quite honestly, Paul is like, no, you guys, this is not how it works. And, and, and Paul's also, he said, he's talked in other places where, you know, There were a lot of the Jewish believers, Christians, who were still doing a lot of the Jewish ceremonies and stuff, but they were doing it out of dedication to Christ. And he said, that's totally cool, too. You see, this is a lot bigger than compartmentalizing. This is not Immanuel Kant stuff. This is actual living in Christ. And and I think we need to, um, especially as Christians nowadays, we need to understand what that means, that um, Jesus actually, what he really did on the cross was is he brought us back into that perfect communion with, Christ, with God in the garden, the way that we were in the garden. He brought us back into that, and we're actually now a part of what God is doing on earth. Um, God imparts his spirit within us, and that is what preaches to us and teaches us. And um, that is what brings us into wanting to um, please God. So it's, 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 I know it's like cutting hairs. I know that. I know it's like splitting hairs, but it all comes back to the why, the why of things. Why do I um, want to make sure that I'm, you know, why do I want to please God? Is it because I'm trying to follow the law and I'm just trying to get my way through? Or is it because God is actually my father now and I respect him and I look up to him and I, I just want to do whatever he wants me to do? That's the complete difference here. So let me read this to you. And if you're watching this and you were the one to ask the question, um, I would say, uh, and, and I, I would say, go ask Jesus. Um, because as I was reading through the question, is like, you know, can we hunt on Sunday without God judging us? And then as I was reading through questions, I, I saw a bunch of well-meaning people giving the wrong answer, and they kept saying, go to this, go to that, go to this. And I say, go talk to Jesus, and he will make it very apparent. Um, We're not just children of God for him to just sit up there and be quiet. That doesn't happen. So first of all, you need to bring that question right straight to God. The fact that you're bringing it to um, pastors and stuff and trying to treat them as priests shows that you you don't understand that Jesus—and I'm I'm not trying to belittle anybody here— but what I am trying to say is, understand who you really need to go to first. It's Jesus. You need to go to Jesus before you go to doctors. You need to go to Jesus before you go anywhere. And and I'm going to read that to you. I'm going to read it right now. So all of Galatians was saying, hey, look, you're not under the law anymore. Why you you living this way? Why are you treating these other people like they are Christ? Basically, that's what it comes down to. Why are you treating your pastor like he's Christ? Don't get me wrong. Pastors are a good thing. God put them on earth and he He gives people gifts to be able to teach, but they are not Christ. And any pastor that says, well, let me show you how you're supposed to do this is taking away from Christ. They should say, hey, look, this is what Christ says. You need to come to him. I can't completely answer because my relationship with Christ is a little bit different than your relationship with Christ. So I can't completely answer this question for you. What you need to do is you need to go to Christ and ask him for the answer and then work out on it. So if you're asking Christ and you're praying about it and you're going, I'm going to go hunting on Sunday and you're going hunting on Sunday and you're going out there and some, and, and you're just not having a great time, <laughs> you're always worried about it, then yeah, Christ is talking to you. Now, if you're going out there and he's like, look at what I've done, look at what I've brought to you. If, if, if you are worshiping Christ while you're hunting, then yeah, you're supposed to be there. Now, I'm, I'll read this to you in a second. I'm sorry. I, I get off on these tangents. I know. But um, one of the things that I want to point out here is um, the reason that people worship on Sunday is because they do it in remembrance of resurrection. But Sunday is not the day of Sabbath. S- Saturday was the day of Sabbath. So if, if you're trying to follow the law under Christ, if you're trying to do that, understand that Sunday really is nothing else than what we created to worship Christ, because that's the day he rose again. That's the day of resurrection. So we, did, we decided to meet on that day. The Bible tells us to meet. It tells us to get together, to talk, have somebody teach, Bible, teach the Bible to us. Um, elders pray over sick people. It, t- it teaches us how to do that and, and to be a community. That's, that's really what church is. So if we make it anything other than that, um, we are actually uh, making it more Jewish. And Paul would say, don't do that. So um, understand that before we get going here, that really it doesn't matter which day you guys gather. It doesn't matter. Um, Christ doesn't care about that. What he cares about is people coming together and understanding who they are underneath him and treating um, their lives in that way. And it's not about a day. It's not about like going to Bible study on Wednesday. It's not about going to church on Sunday. It's about always being the church. That means outside of everywhere that you guys go to meet, you're the church everywhere. And the church is a universal church. Whoever is in the body of Christ is all connected. It doesn't matter what denomination you are or what traditions you have. They're they're good. Traditions are good, but it doesn't matter. Christ matters. And so that's the biggest thing that we have here that, that we have to get, get across is um, your relationship with Christ is what matters. And he will make it abundantly clear. I, I I can't tell you enough that Jesus talks to his people when his people talk to him. Even when they don't, sometimes, but uh, it works a lot better if you talk to him, and and he's gonna he's gonna make it abundantly clear what you're supposed to do. And I can't tell you one way or another. Nobody can tell you one way or another. All right, I am gonna get, leave you with this though. This this is a something that'll probably put you at ease, and maybe will drive you to the feet of Jesus and ask him, "What do you want from me? Do you want me to do this? Do you want me to do that?" And sometimes he'll say, "Yeah, today you're not supposed to go hunting on Sunday." Oh, tomorrow, yeah. You 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 go. Hunt. You should go hunting. You should go out and and see what I've done. See see what um, these giant fir trees, how they reflect my glory. You should go check it out. All the mushrooms that are popping up, the new life, even underneath all of the cold in the fall. There's new life popping up out of the ground. It's amazing where life comes from. It comes from out of the ground. Okay, let me read it to you. Um, I mean that an heir. So he he already talked about Paul had already told the Galatians. He said, hey, look, um, you guys have come from out from underneath the law. The law was there to show you that Jesus was coming. And the law also put you underneath slavery. You're a slave to law because you could not uphold it. But it was there to show you that you had to look somewhere else. And so in Galatians 4, this is is where he keeps talking. I mean that uh, the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different than a slave, though he is the owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In the same way also, we were children, were enslaved by the elementary principles of the world. So in other words... um, we were enslaved by the sin that's around the world. We, we, and and we sin every day still. Um, nobody's free of sin, but we were enslaved to it to where that was what drove us. And, and he's saying, Hey, look, the law was there to bring light to that, to show you that you needed a savior, that you couldn't do it yourself. And, and people were trying to do, and people tried to do the law already. They try to go, Oh, should I, should I not go hunting on Sunday? man, Um, because that's going to, that's going to probably save me. That's going to move me forward in God's little, God's got like this checkboard of who's, who's in order of who's being the best. And then maybe I'll get my name moved down here. If I go hunting on Sunday, maybe I should stay up here and just not go hunting. That's not how God does things. And that's what he's saying right here. He said, "You, you were enslaved by the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that they might now check this out. This is the important thing that they might receive adoptions as sons. And uh, you could put as sons and daughters on that. Um, That's what he meant. And that means something completely different than being a slave. We are no longer. So we are actually sons and attached to the Lord. Through, through marriage with Christ. But we are attached to the Lord to where now we want to do what family does. How many times have you set out to um, disappoint your grandfather or grandmother? Think about that. How many times have you set out to to make them proud of you because you love them? So you showed them love. And that's, uh, I have a, a granddaughter now, and she's a, she's a pill. She does some things that's probably not good. But I'll tell you what. She is underneath me as my granddaughter, and I look at her with total love. Even when I'm disciplining her and telling her no, um, it's completely different than her trying to gain my approval, right? It's because I love her. She doesn't have to gain my approval. I love her. It's the same thing here. That's exactly what he's talking about. Same thing with my sons. My sons do not have to gain any approval with me. Um, I am. I, I. love them because of the fact that I love them, and that's what it is with Christ is so of course we do stupid things and of course we do things under the law but how many times have I done uh, I bailed out one of my kids um, maybe with money or something because they did something stupid? Of course I was I got after him but I still did not hold it accountable against them. I'm not sitting here for eternity going. Yeah, I remember that time when you broke your Chevy and I had to go out and fix it for you. Uh, You know, I was really upset when that happened, but I didn't hold it against him. Like, oh, yeah, you'll never be a Bailey because of that. No, that's ridiculous. And see, that's what we do with God. And that is not who we are with God. We're like, oh, God is still looking down on me for something I did when I was 19. And, and this is just adding to it. If I don't do this, then I add to that, that list of things. Well, if you're a Christian, if you're a Christian, if you've actually repented from that sin and you said, Lord, I cannot, I cannot live like this any longer. I have to have you as my King. If you've done that, then this is who you are right here. This, this, you're a child of his. Now people outside of that, of course, they're going to feel condemned. They're going to completely feel condemned all the time because they are condemned by every sin. They're not part of the family of God. They have not been washed by his blood. So yeah, they are condemned in everything wrong thing that they do. That's why all this guilt builds up and builds and builds and builds. Maybe that's you. Maybe you have this guilt train and you think you can't be um, forgiven for it. Trust me, Jesus forgives it all. Um, It's actually kind of, it's actually kind of spitting on the cross if you don't come to him and let him take it because he paid for it all. So if you don't accept what he's done, then that was blood that was spilled on your behalf and and you you just don't care about that. But understand, if if you've given your life to Christ and you've repented, you are adopted as a son. You are made a son. Okay, let me read that again. Verse 5, this Galatians 4, 5. To redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons and daughters. Because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. See, we are now part of him. He's going to make it perfectly clear what we're supposed to do and what we're not supposed to do. And because he has He has given that into our hearts. It says it right here, you guys. He His son, the spirit of his son is into our hearts. And it's crying, Abba, Father. In other words, we're, we're sitting in his lap and going, oh, dad. So you're no longer a slave, but a son. If a son, then an heir to God. See that? So if you're a son, now you're an heir. What's an heir? That means that you get what he has. He gives it to you freely. <laughs> it wasn't free. There was blood paid for it, but it's free to you. Even though Jesus paid it all, even though God paid it all, it's still free to you, but you're now an heir and you get this. I mean, that's why we come out here. I'm worshiping God today here on Sunday by myself out here in the woods. Doesn't mean that's where I need to stay, but that means right now on this day, I needed this. I need to come out here and I need to commune with God. I need to walk in the garden of Eden with him, even though this is a broken garden. This isn't what it really is. Um, I could still see some of the goodness that was that was left over, and I could still um, really praise God over what's going on in this in this world and and all the stuff that even though we live in a world that is so broken and so beat up, we can still see God's hand in it, and we should praise Him for that. We should be joyous in that. So, to answer your question, should you uh, go hunting on Sunday? I think you should ask Jesus. And if you don't have a relationship with him at that point, you can, and you should. The fact that you care shows that you actually um, know that he's there, but do you actually live underneath him? Do you actually do what he says? Do you actually Are you actually um, one of his sons and daughters? You can do that right now. All you got to do is go, I don't want to control anything anymore. Even the idea that whether I should come out here or not. Um, I am a way bigger thing than what the world tells me I am. I'm not just molecules. I'm spirit. I'm soul. I'm mind. And I want to give all that to you, Lord, because I know that it's not working right until I do. And Lord, I give it to you and I want to um, repent of my sin. I want to repent of all the crud that I do, even trying to take control over all the stuff that I'm trying to take control over now. Maybe it's a religious control. I want to get rid of all that. And I want to come to you and I want to walk with you. And I want to know you like Abba father. You could do that right now. All you got to do is just ask him and he will do it. You could pray this with me. Dear Lord, we come to you. I come to you again like I do daily, please fill me again with your faith because it's not mine. Let me come to you. Let me know who you are through the stuff that I do with you. Lord, I know you're around all the time. And it's not a Sunday or a Wednesday or having to go to this church or that, but it's coming to you and understanding who you are and working out my faith with fear and trembling with you, Lord. Thank you for bringing me in the woods this Sunday and showing me more of you. And I praise your holy name because your holy name is all there is. Thank you for that frog. Thank you for the birds. Thank you for who you are. And please, Lord, fill my mind with awe every time that I step my foot into the woods, into fine poetry, into art, into church. Fill me with you. And I pray this in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Hopefully that helps, guys. Take care. I'm going to go see if I can find a buck. Thanks for listening to the Life Outdoors podcast. Join the Life Nation by spreading this podcast, or by going over to our YouTube channel, giving us a subscribe, or even by following us on Instagram. All these things help spread the life. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening. Keep living. In wild country, rules were not created by man. In wild country, the challenge of what's outside brings you closer to what's inside. Miss Wild Country, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, presented by Expedition Enterprises. It's going to get a little hairy. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.